Amen. So I've asked a, a video to be queued up here, and this is our uh, le- 13th week in the armor of God, and, and I'm going to talk to you about the shield of faith, but there's a, a movie that came out back in 2007, and no women have seen it, but all the men did, the 300. It's a high testosterone movie. Come on, guys. Amen. Maybe I shouldn't say amen after that, but it's grossed over 500 million, and uh, in 480 BC, it's, there's a state of war that exists between Tur- Persia, led by King Xerxes in Greece, at the Battle of Thermopylae. And so Leonidas, who's played by Gerald Butler, king of the Greek city, uh, state of Sparta, leads his badly outnumbered warriors against the massive Persian army. And so through certain death awaits the Spartans. Their sacrifice inspires all of Greece to unite against the common enemy. Well, one of the characters in there, you're going to see this clipping, uh, is uh, a deformed hunchback, Philiatus, uh, in, in exile, whose parents run away from Sparta. So he hopes to redeem his father's honor, and he wants to volunteer. He wants to be part of Leonidas's army, but there's a problem. Let's play the video. Beg you, bold king, to permit me to redeem my father's name by serving you. All right. (laughs) Beg you, bold king, to permit me to redeem my father's name by serving you in combat. My father trained me to feel no fear, to make spear and shield and sword as much a part of me as my own beating heart. I will earn my father's armor, noble king, by serving you in the battle. Fine thrust. I will kill many Persians. Raise your shield. Sire. Raise your shield as high as you can. Your father should have told you how our failings works. We fight as a single impenetrable unit. That is the source of our strength. Each Spartan protects the man to his left, thigh to neck with his shield. A single weak spot, and the phalanx shatters. From thigh to neck, Ephialtes. I am sorry, my friend, but not all of us were made to be soldiers. But I... If you want to help in a Spartan victory, yes. clear the battlefield of the dead, tend the wounded, bring them water. But as for the fight itself, I cannot use you. I... So he's not happy with that. But a perfect illustration is begin and continue in our series on the shield of faith. Turn in your Bibles, if you would, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16. Uh, continuing in our series here in the armor of God, the shield of faith. And our text, Ephesians 6, 16, but I'm just going to read just for the sake of time here. See how far we can get today. Put us on the fast track. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, somebody shout above all. That's an interesting word there. Taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery 
darts of the wicked. Last week we talked about activating the peace of God in our life. First Peter 3.11 says, let him search for peace. And it talks about we should pursue peace. And we mentioned some steps, uh, things that rob our peace. So our shield of faith, I actually found a, a, an original looking one there from the Roman uh, period, the Roman shield of faith. Paul says, above all, taking the shield of faith, which you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Without raising your hand, how many have felt how the enemy has maybe assaulted you with these fiery darts? Fiery darts come in, in many different ways in our life. But God has given us an armor to deflect and, and, and to shield off those attacks from the enemy. Can you say amen? Here's an interesting point with the shield. And we've talked about the loin belt of truth. Loin belt of truth. They were inseparable, actually. So the shield actually it could connect and, and latch onto the belt of truth. I think that's an interesting correlation there. So when it wasn't in use, and there was a couple types of shields, some were like this larger, and then there were some smaller ones that were decorative that, that, that they, they marched with in, in formation. And so we know that the word of God is the loin belt, amen, the logos. But the logos is attached to the shield, or the shield is attached to the logos. What does that mean? That means our faith is attached to the word of God. What does that mean, Pastor Mike? Well, your faith is not going to come from some Netflix show. Come on, somebody, amen. Uh, especially COVID, you know, and we, we hunkered down. Our faith is inseparable from the Word of God. And so if we really want to activate our faith, we have to be attached to the Word of God. How many see that? Say amen. Why? Because the presence, watch this, or the absence of your faith is determined by the presence the absence of God's word in your life. In other words, faith in the word of God are inseparable. Can you see that? We, we have to give the word of God priority in our life. Smile at me if you would this morning. Is it too warm in here? Uh, yeah, well, let's turn the AC on. Set it to 72. It's getting hot in here. <clears throat> it's going to get a little bit hotter, so we better cool ourselves down. See, the world's aim is to pursue worldly knowledge. Isn't that right? Listen to all these podcasts, you know, Jordan Peterson, and can't ha understand half of what he says, or, you know, you got Joe Rogan and all these crazy, you know, stuff. everyone's chiming in and, and you know, pu pushing their agenda and all these meaningless pursuits. Why? To occupy your time from really focusing on what you should have as a priority in your life. Can somebody say amen? I am not against learning. I am a forever learner. I love learning. I'm, I, I'm writing, reading right now about seven or eight books and just finished 12 already and listen to over 150 podcasts a year, sometimes more, sometimes less. But you should be on a track of growth of learning. Because some of you say, when I get out of high school, I'm never reading a book again. You need to stop that. You need to grow yourself. My, I have a library in my office. Continue to read, continue to feed, continue to grow yourself. But what are you putting in? matters. Amen? <clears throat> it matters. <clears throat> it matters. You know, if you say, well, Pastor, I'm just too busy. I'm just too busy. If you're too busy, watch this as a believer, to put the Word of God into your life, then obviously you're too busy. But in reality, uh, there's, there, your faith actually probably is, is dwindled or it has waned. Somewhere along the line, watch this, the enemy has come in and, and through an offense, through a hurt, 
Come on, amen? Through some heavy thing that you went through in life and you begin to question. See, that's what the enemy wants. He wants you to question God's goodness. He wants you to question. And what do you think all these crazy people out there are trying to pound and try to dismiss the authority of God's word? <clears throat> They're trying to pull it apart so you can dismiss it and go, just a bunch of authors that wrote that over a 1,600-year period. And it's just, it's just human reasoning and writing. No, the word of God is inspired. Why did Hitler want to burn all the Bibles? Why wouldn't they burn dictionaries or something else? Amen? Oh, why did he have to attack the Bibles? Why is Christianity attacked and will forever be attacked? Because it's the truth. It is the one spiritual weapon. Come on, somebody that came from the supernatural realm into the natural realm. I can't see the shield. I can't see the sword. I can't see that breastplate, but I can see and touch the belt of truth. So the word of God is inspired. <clears throat> and if there's lies that have been, in, you know, you've been, uh, you know, listen and absorbed and you dismiss it and you don't read the word of God, you need to face that. Listen, atheists have good questions, but so do Christians have great answers. <clears throat> Amen? So you just, you can't let that idol, you just can't, well, and passive, and I don't know about that, and go back to playing your video games. No, you have to think, if this is truth, I need this in my life. And I have endeavored to live my life based upon the word of God. Have I fallen short? Absolutely. But I get back up, amen? If I fall, I fall forward, and I gain six foot one inch. Amen? Yes, yes, I am. I, I may have shrunk a little, but I'm still six one. It's on my license. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Oh, God, help me. Uh, so the presence or absence of faith is determined by the word of God in your life. And so, so Romans 10, 17, interesting verse. The Bible says, and we're just going to focus real quickly here on, so then faith comes. I like the King James says, cometh. Faith cometh by hearing, by hearing of the word of God. And we're talking about the shield of faith. Faith, it's actually comes or out from by hearing. Uh, it, it's actually an inner spiritual hearing or discerning God's voice. Right now, every single one of you listening to the voice of me sharing this morning has an inner spiritual voice. Some of you, it's all buried. It's all cluttered up. And you can't hear what's going on. To me, me to you this morning as, what is the Peanuts show, the cartoon, the mother? Because <laughs> your spiritual voice is cluttered. Amen, somebody. Just keep looking forward and smile. Amen, pastor. Keep preaching. <clears throat> so faith comes. And so you all have an inner spiritual hearing of faith. And so you, you could tie onto that, but the enemy comes in and he wants to, he wants to cloud that. It's actually the Greek word uh, pistis. It actually means God's divine persuasion. God's divine persuasion, trust, confidence. <clears throat> Here's the thing about this faith. Watch this. It is always a gift from God, and it's not produced by you. See, in the Word of Faith moment, movement that I was a part of, you know, there's great teaching that came out of that, but some of the stuff, they just got off on deep ends. It's just like the body of Christ. When we bite a hold of something, we go from one ditch to the next ditch. Why can't we stay circumspect, amen? Right down the middle. Take the good, spit out the bad. But, you know, we got off on that, and we thought that if we just kept claiming and we just kept saying, then it's about to happen. Listen, unless God places that seed in you, the ability to do something, you can't do nothing without him. <clears throat> but you can cultivate an atmosphere. You know, springtime's coming here upon us soon, or is it already? I don't know. <clears throat> Things melting, praise God. 
You know, we weathered the winter. We weathered last year, thank God. And so you cultivate, you know, if you're going to go out there and plant and you break up that fallow ground and you get it ready for seeds to go in. And faith is like that seed. It is God's warranty certifying that the revelation he in birth in you will come to pass. So really, it's God placing that within you, but us positioning ourselves to be able to hear what he has to say. How many with me say amen? Hope that wasn't too confusing. But another powerful verse here in Romans 12, 3 uh, says this, "For, for by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, not to think more highly of yourself than you ought to. So in other words, be humble. But to think with a sober discernment as God has, watch this, distributed to each of you a measure of faith. Do you know every single believer that is here this morning has a measure of faith? Every single one of you. Well, I don't, I don't experience that. or I don't understand that. I don't know how to access that. We're going to talk about that. Measure. Actually, then Paul goes on and he lists seven different ministries after that. That word measure is metron. Metron in the Greek. Or it means measuring rod. It means a degree, a limited portion, a measure of authority. Uh, It actually means extent of power or office or extent of ability. So God has placed in every single believer a measure, a metron. So you all have a metron. Every single one of you that has come to Christ. So uh, actually a metron is a tool used to determine the measurement. It helps us determine the measurement. Now here's the thing. So well, I don't have much faith at all, Pastor Mike. <clears throat> you know, there's other people that have greater faith than me. Here's the thing. How much faith has God given you? Watch this. He has given you enough faith to make certain you are covered in life totally. Did you get that? So no matter what you're going through, but boy, if I have more faith, you know, the seed is inside of you. The seed. How many know when you get seeds, and actually, I bought some seeds. I was going to use them in illustration, but we'll have to in a few weeks. But, you know, because seeds are hard to come by, actually, right now. For some reason, they're backordered. But, but seeds, when you look at them, they're not plump and full in the sense of that they're, they're wet, right? They're dry. Isn't that right? The seed is dry. Like I got some, some great corn, sweet corn seeds or some, some green beans. And, and what I usually do is I put them in water for a few days and then swell them up a little bit, kind of speed up the process. And then I, I plant them in miracle Grow or something. I don't know, something out there that helped them go faster than what they should, produce more than what they should. Amen. <clears throat> and so the point is, is that, that they come dry. And, and so every single one of us, we got that potential. How many know that if you do nothing with that seed, you stick it in your pocket your whole life, you could walk around that seed in your pocket and it never produce? All right? You know, they found Siberian mammoths, woolly mammoths, and, and frozen in ice, you know, in thick ice, and they pulled them out, thawed them out, and they found even in their mouth that they were eating vegetation and they took, whether it was strawberry or whatever. These are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago, and they've taken those seeds out, dried them, and they planted them, and they've grown. <laughs> Why? What does that say? The potential is there, but the environment is not right. And some of you, your environment is not conducive for faith to grow. I'm just going to say it right like that. That just came out. That wasn't even in my notes. But your, your, your environment is not. You feed on garbage. You watch garbage. Amen, somebody. You know, you listen to garbage all the time. Oh, how come that seed isn't growing? Where are you, God? And you get mad. 
Amen. I'm preaching more better than you're responding. Amen. <laughs> I'm saying it with a smile. Amen. <clears throat> but I understand that. I know that. I mean, so, but God has given you enough. Rest assured that the fact that God has imparted enough faith to you, to you, and you're covered head to toe, just like that shield that, that is there. And so here's the, here's the thing. Stay in your metron. Stay in your sphere. Sometimes people want to do more than what really God has called them to do. A lot of times people are doing less than what God has placed in them. Stay in your metron. And you know, if we, what happens is people self-destruct. They implode when they try to do more. Or they're drawn back. They're not, they're not fulfilling what God has called them to do because they're fearful. Uh, they're, they're hesitant. Or they look at their past and they, they judge themselves and say, you know what, this situation or that, and who am I, and God could never use me. Listen, all you have to read is the 11th chapter of Hebrews. Some of you need to read that today. What's in it? There are murderers. Come on, there was adulterators. There was, amen? And it was the list goes on of people that screwed up pretty bad. And by faith, though, they took that dried seed when everyone shouted and said, you can't do anything, and they planted it and they trusted the word of God. Amen? By faith, by faith. Here's the thing, here's the rub. Only you can build your faith. Your wife, husbands, cannot build your faith for you. Right. Amen. Only you can do that. Only you can do that. Well, say, so I don't really have a desire. It's never written on my heart. It goes back to what I shared earlier there about how Satan has come in and distracted. You see, faith is like a muscle. And how many know that muscles grow, and I've been involved in, in, in weightlifting my whole life, and it is, it's hard to build muscle, all right? I'm just going to tell you that right now. But some people think it build overnight. No, it's hard. But it's, it's, it's a result of pressing and resistance. Did you get that? Faith only grows in an atmosphere of resistance. The sun's shining ever. you got to cultivate. Even to break up the ground takes resistance. Right? So some of you, you say, my faith, my faith is the shield. I don't feel like I have enough. It, it, it's in the difficult times where, you know, he couldn't lift his shield. And we throw the shield over and say, you know what? I lay it down. I lay it down. And that's what Satan wants. He wants you to lay your shield of faith down and just put you in a state of idleness that, that you don't grow spiritually. But we're not going to let that happen in Jesus' name. Amen? So here's a very interesting thing quickly about the shield. It says in Ephesians 5.26, so that he might sanctify the church, having cleansed her, watch this, by the washing of water by the word of God. By the washing of water by the word of God. So what does that mean? When we keep our faith dipped into the water of the word, the water of the word, according to this verse, and we actually completely saturate our faith, our lives with it, this water, watch this, I'll get into this uh, later. The water has the power to extinguish all those fiery darts of the enemy. See, the Roman soldier, they would every day have a, a procedure that get up. And I remember I was in Israel in 1988 for the uh, Feast of Pentecost. And I went up to Masada. You know, the, 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 they had a huge, it was a 900 foot tower out there in the desert and and the Jews escaped to that, and anyhow. So I had an opportunity to go up that, and it was 120 degrees, and uh, I ran up there. I got a good tan, and it was great. I was with a group, and, and, and up there on the top of Masada, they had, these were the Roman soldiers, kind of their daily routine when they occupied it. Uh, there was like the, this quarry, what they would bring water in, and there would be these uh, 
concrete uh, uh, pillars that they filled with water and they had their own steam bath. Figures the Italians would do that back then. You know what I mean? It was like a sauna. And so every morning they would get up and, and no matter how well they felt, felt, you know, felt that someone would be there and rub them down and then they'd get dressed and ready. But then they had a process they had to do with their, with their armor. They had to take care of it. So they would apply oil on, on the shield because there was some leather uh, straps and then they would dip it in water, dip it in water. And, and, and it was a daily application because why? That water had the ability to extinguish if there was a fiery arrow. That's why we need the word of God in our life. How many see that say amen? Now, just continually, really quickly, we'll maybe talk about that more later. But uh, Ephesians, going back to our scripture, Ephesians 6, 16, it says, above all. Somebody shout above all. He said, above all, lift up. What does this mean? Um, <clears throat> you know, once again, back in the 80s, the word of faith movement that was a part of a lot of truth, a, a lot of revelation, but sometimes they were mistaken that they focused totally on faith. Faith. Uh, then more than any other piece of the armor of God. It was fo focused on faith. And, and so the question is, is faith more important than the belt of truth? Well, no, it's not. Because the Bible says in Romans 10, 17, faith cometh or faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So it can't be. So we know that, that the most important weapon, watch this, the one that went around our midsection that held everything together was the belt of truth, which is the word of God. Amen. All right? And so, but what does above all says? I mean, Paul does says, above all, taking the shield of faith. So that in their minds, they think, well, faith is more important than anything, and faith is important. That's not what it means. It actually, uh, this Greek phase actually could be translated, uh, it's not really more important, but it has to do a position with all the rest of the other pieces, the armor. And so actually it's a compound, a couple of words without getting to all of it. It actually means a position over the other pieces of armor. It could be better translated out in front of all or covering all. I want you to get that. So really above all means out in front of all in covering all. How many of you know that your faith not should be hidden behind your back? Well, you're a Christian. Oh, well, Yeah. <laughs> You know, I, and you know, they're all treating you like you're, you know, a turd or something. You know, like, no, wait a minute. Your faith should be out front. Amen? Come on, you should be know that. You know, yeah, no, wait, 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 hold on. You know, no, you're not argumentative, but you're not afraid and timid. You know that, you know what? Jesus Christ changed my life. He's real. Well, I don't believe that. I, I, it was written by my, listen, I'm not subject to your argument. You know, I had an experience, even though that experience is subjective. Nonetheless, it's true for me. And it's true for hundreds of millions of people across the world. Okay, so, so out in front is what that meant. It's not supposed to be behind our side or anything like that. And, uh, you know, someone once called it the CSSA, the Christian Secret Service Agency. That's, that's, that's not, you know, what God has called us, amen? So above all, if I could say it this way, is the shield of faith is meant to completely cover us, protect us from harm, especially when we are marching forward to take new ground for the kingdom of God. Somebody say amen to that. So the shield is a defensive weapon. It should be out in front. It shouldn't be laid down and dropped aside somewhere. And so, so we see that that phrase, above all, describes position, not importance. Now, notice Paul says in verse 16, he says, taking, taking. I want to just focus on that. Having a little bit, oh, there we go. Oh, 
jump, maybe bring that back. Thanks. And he says, taking the shield of faith or to lift up. That word taking uh, is a compound of two words. It actually means, watch this, to take something up in hand or to pick something back up again. So, well, what's so big about that, Pastor Mike? Well, how many know the only time I have to pick something up is when I drop it? Right? Yeah, if I drop something here, then I'm picking it up. So Paul's saying, taking, pick up. Why? The Ephesians dropped their shield. They dropped their shield. And Paul is challenging us. He says, no, I want you to pick it back up. So that means our shield can be laid down or it can be picked up. How many see that say amen? So, and actually that word taking, it actually doesn't mean a one-time event. It's repetitive. It, it actually, a repetitive action. We are to pick up our shield of faith and use it out in front. Carry it as high, covering at all times. But it, we are to do this repeatedly. And for some of us, it needs to be every hour, every day. Amen? Constantly, I gotta take that faith back up again in this moment. I'm getting harassed by this. I'm getting tempted by this. I gotta lift that fiery dart. The fiery darts are coming. I gotta lift that shield up. And so, so understand, Paul knew that and the Spirit of God knew that, that we would need this today for our life. That that taking up of the shield of faith is something, not a one-time thing. You need to do it daily. And maybe multiple times. Amen? All right, almost done here. Every day. So the Ephesians, they laid down. They laid down. And Paul is saying, pick that faith back up again. It's because, you know, no well-trained Roman soldier would have gone into battle without that shield. It wasn't optional. And, and what happens is, sadly, uh, many believers, they miscalculate that they could somehow live their Christian lives without giving attention to and developing their own faith. Friends, that's crazy. It's nuts. You cannot do it. You cannot do it. You know, in America, we spend so much time on developing our business, our finances, and education, or our health. We focus on these things. But what about the development of our spirit man or our spirit woman? And you say, well, you know, we get around to it. You know what I find as a pastor? People get around to it, we're on their deathbed. And I've looked into the eyes of men and women that had lived their whole life for me, myself, and I. And there was no time for the things of God. And all of a sudden now they're faced with the afterlife. Some of you are getting nervous right now. You need to wake up. See, this is, a, this is a clarion call right now to wake up, to not be fearful in that moment. Right? That moment's coming to every single one of us. Right? So, oh, Pastor, I came to be encouraged today. I'm encouraging you to, to avoid that moment <laughs> with fear in the eyes. And like, I lived my whole life for me and for money and my business. I never darkened the door of a church. Oh, God help us. Amen. Yeah. And, and, and now I'm faced with I don't know what's out there. What do I believe? Don't be that guy. Don't be that gal. Amen. It's coming to us all because we can come to that moment and go, thank you, God. I'm gonna, I'm, uh, welcome me into the kingdom. I have assurance in my heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. And when I die and close my eyes, I'm going to be with my loved ones, those that have gone on before. And you don't have to worry. You'll see me again. <laughs> what a wonderful blessing. All of those little children that have lost. We've lost children in miscarriages and a child. And some of you lost loved ones and that. They know the Lord. They're with God. He said, well, an infant. God carries them to heaven, church, all right? Come on. You know, they're with, and we will see them again. What a glorious day. But you've got to prepare for that moment now. 
Amen, Pastor Mike. You know, there was, uh, when I was into dry cleaning, my father had a number of stops. Uh, he had to plant, we had to actually plant. I was a spotter. I took the stains out of people's clothes. Now I take them out of their hearts, amen. <clears throat> Hallelujah. <laughs> but, but I did dry cleaning. I had all chemicals, and that's why I sniff a lot. I think it burned my nostrils, but I could take the stains out. You know, okay, you got ink, and you got this or that, or all these type of chemicals. And then at times, I would go out on the route and pick up the clothes, and one of the stores in Brockton was a Jewish man. But my dad, for his whole life, thought he was German because he spoke fluent German. But he was in the Holocaust. He was in the concentration camp for five years. His name was Leon, Leon Zimbowski. And nothing about God. Actually, he said Hitler would put up crosses in the concentration camp, so I hated the Christians. He goes, I want nothing to do with them. And so for five years, he was there. He said he would take, when his shoes wore out, they would just take, they would cut like a tires the way it was and they would wrap cloth and he would make shoes out of that and, 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 and the way he survived is he was a tailor and so the Germans he said I can sew and so they took him and he would sew uh, the buttons or whatever in the German uniforms and he suffered but he survived after that and they killed all his family all his family was killed everyone just a tragedy and so we would talk with him and, and he got the, you know those Jews they're smart he used to say every time he'd give him money he would change he would look in if there's any silver quarters amen remember those do you remember the silver you know he would take it and he would put it in a actually it was a safe and he would just leave it there. And in the 80s, he sold it all. <laughs> Anyhow, but, but, but he, nothing to do with God. Not nothing. And we kept talking to him and witnessing. My father did and my brothers. And, and then I moved on out of there and just saying, share about Jesus, share about Jesus, share about Jesus. And, and he loved, for some reason, German shepherds. I don't know. He had like 10 of them out of his property. Nobody was getting into that property. And, and, and then it came time for him to die. And, and my brothers share the story that they went to go see him on his deathbed. He's, he's hyperventilating, soon to die, within days. He's, and his eyes were buggy and he didn't know what was ahead. My brother said, all our lives here dealing with you, we've shared Jesus. You need Jesus, Leon. Okay, okay, okay. And they prayed with him. A peace came over his life. He accepted Christ in the skin of his teeth. But, you know, you don't, don't, don't spend your life wasting it, focusing on things that really don't matter in life of eternity. Amen? <clears throat> Hallelujah. Don't do that. That's why this cause Paul told Timothy, I'm almost done here, in 1 Timothy 1.19. 1 Timothy 1.19 says, Holding faith in a good conscience, which some have put away concerning the faith, they have made shipwreck. Shipwreck. Stand with me if you would, please. That Paul is saying that through life and circumstances, hear me, and difficulties, we can put away our faith. But when we do that, it leads to shipwreck, to put away. And I've shared the illustration many times about, especially even if you have a lake lot here and you have a boat, somebody bringing them out soon here once the ice is off. And if you had a boat and it wasn't tied to your dock and that rope was cut, you leave it for an hour or two, it might just go a little ways and run aground. But if you don't do anything, depending on the wind, the next day, that'll be way further out. God only knows where that's going to be, across the lake or whatever. And that's, that's what it means when it talks about how uh, we, you know, when we put away our faith, we go into spiritual shipwreck. In other words, we lay it down. We lay it down. And whether it be an offense, a hurt, or a pain, which are real, they affect people's lives, and I'm not minimizing that, but the Bible says that we are to take heed, take heed 
lest our hearts become evil and unbelieving. And the Bible says that that can cause us to depart from God. Last verse here uh, is in Hebrews 12, 15. Hebrews 12, 15. Thank you. Looking diligently. Say it with me. Say looking, looking. diligently. Think about that. Lest any man or woman fail of the grace of God. Lest any what? Root of bitterness. What is bitterness? When you're bitter at somebody or something, it's because of something that they did something to you, right? There's an expectation. They hurt you. This is how the devil works. Be not ignorant of the devices of the enemy. Men, when he uses situation to bring in hurts and pains and, and things in life that, that we don't understand, we don't claim to understand, but you know, we can trust God that our God is faithful. And in the end, he will right all wrongs. He will. He will. And in that moment, all of that will be washed away. But don't live your life in bitterness. Amen? That's for somebody. A root of bitterness. I understand. I know what it's like. Root of bitterness. Springing up, trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Bitter. Bitter. You know, the Bible says in Ephesians, husbands love your wives. It actually doesn't say wives love your husband. It always bothered me. <laughs> I walk up every day. What's the matter with you? Don't you love me today? Well, in her heart, she does. <laughs> but it says, husbands, be not bitter against them. Mm. Because the enemy knows, and the Holy Spirit knows that this is where the enemy comes in, especially in a lot of men's lives. Root of bitterness. I'm saying it, usually we think it's only a woman thing, but no, it's, it, it can affect us both. And what happens? We can be defiled. We can be defiled. Why? Because we're not looking diligently. Every head bowed, please. We're not looking diligently. And the enemy strikes. You know, the Bible says in Isaiah 54, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. It does not say weapons will not be formed against you. I'm going to say that again. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. It does not say weapons will not be formed against you. It says the weapons formed do not have to prosper or make contact, one translation says. In other words, how many know the devil can misfire? How many know that, or better yet, our shield of faith can stop his ammunition altogether? I want you to look up once here. There's a 30-second video towards the end of this. And when we think of, as we conclude right here, it's when Leonidas, towards the end of the battle, they're assaulted with fiery darts of the enemy. Can we play that? Some of you, that's how your lives are, you think. The sky is darkened by arrows. But the Bible says that when we lift up our shield of faith, it'll quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. That's why God has given us our shield of faith. Let's pray. Thank you, God. I want to challenge us here this, this morning with every head bowed. Some of you need to make a choice today. You let that shield of faith down. Whether it be through hurt, pain, offense, just life in general. Life without Christ is cruel. 
and even knowing Christ, there's just the enemy roars about as a lion. There's things that happen in our life that the enemy fires these darts at us. Divorce, death, disease, hurts, unforgiveness, addictions, strongholds in our life. All these things are fiery darts of the enemy. And God says, I've given you a shield. Take up your shield of faith. Take up your shield of faith again. How do I do that, Pastor Mike? Number one is living head bowed is, is we have to repent and recognize where did you lay that shield down? What happened in your life where you, you can go back and you can look and go, you know what? I was running well until this happened. Maybe there was a drug problem. Maybe there's a hurtful situation. Then an alcohol addiction. I don't know. What was it? My wife said this. My husband did that. This happened. The business. They stole money from me. They, what was that thing that came in? The economy crashed. I lost my house. I lost everything. And we laid that shield down. The Holy Spirit is challenging each and every one of us. I feel God here to pick back up that shield. Above all, in front of all, taking, pick back up that shield of faith. Because that shield of faith is able to quench every attack of the enemy. Let's pray. You're here this morning and you said, Pastor, I, I've laid it down and I've walked away and it's been, it's been decades. Decades. I've been bitter. I've been angry. I have my reasoning. But right now in this moment, it doesn't seem to hold water. I'm feeling the tug of God right now. I just feel that that for not just men this morning, but there's women here this morning. There's a tug going on. There's couples here. And when you leave here today, you're going to leave different because you're going to make a decision. You're going to make a decision as a couple to pick up that shield of faith again. And you're going to make a decision. Say, Lord, I don't understand how and why and what hurt that hurt happened or, or that difficulty or whatever that struck those arrows that struck us. But God, today... I make a decision to repent and I pick up that shield and I ask that you forgive me. If that's you here this morning, I'm going to pray for you as we pray corporately. You say, Pastor, pray for me. I make a decision to begin again afresh and anew. I'm going to lead you in a prayer today. The Bible says now is the time. Today is the day of salvation. If that's you, just pray with me corporately as we together pray. Say this with me. Say, Jesus, forgive me. Today, I make a decision. Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me. Thank you for saving me. I believe you died on that cross for my sin. Jesus, take my life. I give it to you today. Jesus, I make a decision. I take up my shield of faith. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Friends, if you prayed that and you meant it, God meant it. I feel that Holy Spirit is, is working in marriages even now. He's working in couples' lives. He's working in individuals. He's rooting out right now a root of bitterness. He's healing people's lives. I want to invite the altar workers to come forward. And we're going to conclude the service. We're going to pray and bless you. And, and they can do help with the eggs there in a moment but this is a very important part and as a church a lot of times people they're challenged and they don't know what to do and this service is dismissed and everyone leaves and 
people sometimes feel hanging. And so if you need to just spend some time, just sit where you're at. We'll dim the lights down. You can just have your time with God. If you need prayer, these are safe people. These are godly people. They're here to minister to you and, and, and love on you, whatever it may be. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you for this morning. Lord, we thank you for the shield of faith. We thank you, Father God, that that shield, that faith you deposited is more than enough to overcome in this life. Not that, that we are not assaulted and attacked, but Lord, you've given us each enough faith to overcome in every area of our lives. Lord, let that burn in our hearts. No addiction is too strong for a believer. No lie of the enemy can really have root if we allow it. So, Father, I just bless the people of God. And I thank you for even in this moment, I sense decisions are being made towards the purpose in the kingdom of God. We thank you, Father God, for your spiritual armor. I bless the people of God as we go forth today. In Jesus' mighty name, and all God's people said,